0: Foundations
1: Sometimes I think the English language is very limited Mm. so we use the same word for so many things and if you say you love chocolate or you love your spouse well, I could actually live without chocolate but I couldn't (laughs) live without my spouse and my
0: children, you know. Foundations Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith with Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby Welcome to Foundations, where we're learning all about Shema at the moment, have been over the last few days, and today we're going to talk specifically about what it means to love God that's uh, the, I guess almost the middle of mm. Shema but let's maybe do a bit of a recap Mandy for uh, the last few days and recap I guess what Shema actually is and how it af- applies to us
1: Well Shema was a command that God gave to the um, ancient Hebrew people um, that was to hear O Israel the Lord our God the Lord is one and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your might we learned Shema means to hear but it's more than To hear it means to obey. It means there has to be an action, Mm -hmm. not just merely giving mental assent to something you heard. You know. Um, And then with the last couple of programs, we looked at the meaning of one, echad, and that it's more than just a singular item. That God is more than just this singular entity, but actually, it also included being a unified entity that it was he was a un, he is a unique entity that it's it also could mean uh, single or the same um, alone or only so it is a very multi-level meaning word for just the mm. word echad meaning one so many so many elements to that today we're going to have a look at the next element which is to love. And, uh, you know, we, we can get a bit cheesy when it comes to the <laughs> word love. We use it very flippantly. Mm. I love that program. Oh, I love chocolate. or You know, uh, I love this activity. It's my favorite. We kind of use it really flippantly. Yeah. And it's kind of lost some of its meaning. Whereas when we're talking about loving God got to be a, a lot richer mm. than, you know, yep. I love God like I love chocolate. Exactly. You know, it's got to be more Re- rich than that.
0: It reminds me of the uh, song by Roma Waterman a few years back. She sang that song, I love you more than ice cream. <laughs> and that's because, yeah, <laughs> yes. I guess trying to differentiate, well, I love ice cream, but I love you more than I love ice cream. Yeah,
1: we, we a- again, we have... um Sometimes I think the English language is very limited mm. and very yeah. restricted And so we use the same word for so many things And if you say you love chocolate, but you love your baby mm. Or you love your spouse um, Well, I could actually live without chocolate But I couldn't <laughs> live without my spouse and my children, you yeah. know we. And then, of course, to love God has got to be yeah. much, much higher than that mm. again So, that's what we're going to look at. Now, I want to tell a little bit of a story, and it's about a man named Viktor Frankl. Uh, He was an Austrian neurologist and a psychologist. Uh, He was the founder of Logotherapy, which is the theory of belief that human nature is motivated by the search of a life purpose. Mm. So, he sort of came up with that concept, Um, as well as being a Jewish prisoner for three years in the Auschwitz Nazi death camp. Now, when he arrived there, which is this is pretty much the process that happened to so many of them, uh, all the men were separated from their wives and their children. The men went into one camp, the women were sent to another. And most, not all, but most of the women and nearly all of the children were murdered in the camps. Mm. Now, Victor didn't know what had happened. So when what he didn't realise is that he got separated from his wife at Auschwitz because Auschwitz was like a double camp. You had Auschwitz, Bergen-Belsen, whereas Bergen-Belsen was kind of like a second camp, but they were connected. And Bergen-Belsen was very much um, um, uh, labour and um, – well, they all were. What can I say? They were all horrendous. Mm. But it was two camps in one. So when they arrived, he was taken to, um, to Auschwitz, The Auschwitz side She was transferred to the Bergen-Belsen side And she was murdered pretty much immediately Mm. So was his mother And his brother died during slave labour alongside him at Auschwitz Now, unaware of his loss He was hoping that his wife was faring a lot better than he was And one of the inmates whispered to him one day And said to him that he was glad their wives couldn't see the conditions that they were living in and having to endure. And he said he hoped that they were being treated better. And Victor agreed. That was his hope. But it sparked a memory in him of his wife. And in his mind's eye, he could see her face and the beauty of her smile. And the way she used to squint when she laughed. And it was this memory that kind of triggered something in him. And he said that memory sparked a powerful wave of love that kind of overwhelmed him. And it moved him from that point of danger and horror of what he was experiencing. Um, And he said this. These are his words. I understood how a man who has nothing left in this world may know bliss. If we only for a brief moment in the contemplation of his beloved, and for the first time in my life, I was able to understand the meaning of the words, the angels are lost in perpetual contemplation of an infinite glory. Mm. So just that memory of love, it kind of got him through Yeah, that intense love that he had for his wife. And in the worst moment of his life, it was that love that got Victor through. And he understood then that the angels feel this same euphoric love, knowing that they could just worship God for eternity. Mm. Now, Shema embraces love of God, okay? Now when in Matthew twenty two, thirty seven to forty um, this is what Jesus replied to the scribe who said, "What's the greatest commandment?" And we've gone over this a lot, and we should keep it in our mind all the time. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment, the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. One of these, on these two commandments, depends all the law and the prophets. Mm. Okay, so and you shall love. When he's saying that, that's like a command, but how do you command somebody to love? Mm. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your strength. How do you make that commandment? And we, we've looked a little bit at the difference between a Greek and a Hebrew philosophical worldview. Now, the Greek worldview, which is what we are heavily influenced in, is that when you experience an emotion, then you respond with an action. But in the Hebrew, the worldview is that you obey with the action. So you obey the command. The action is followed by a consequence of the action and the consequence is followed by the emotion. So they're Mm. interconnected that way. We wait for the emotion before we'll actually do anything, whereas we're supposed to do something and then the emotion follows.
0: So we say, I don't feel it. I don't feel like loving or I don't feel love, so I'm not going to do anything. Precisely. Whereas what this would say is if you actually do something, the feeling, the the love feelings will come as a result of our action.
1: Exactly. And in in, in a very small sense, what Viktor Frankl uh, experienced was he – he was remembering. Mm. The emotion came after yeah. that. If, if that's it's it's a kind of a weak story to apply, but it kind of helps to mm. understand that and the power of that love. That the emotion came after the yeah. memory, and it got him through. So when God commanded His people, "So you shall love," He's looking ahead. You shall love. I mean. They were experiencing, like, particularly in the wilderness, what they were experiencing was not particularly pleasant. Mm. So you can't imagine warm, gushy feelings there, (laughs) you know, but he still made this command. So if God has commanded that we love him, then we actually can love him, but it comes from a place of obedience, which is what Shema is Shema, obey me, Israel, and you shall love the Lord your God. And from that, we then move into action and obedience. Out of that, the consequence for our obedience comes, and out of that we feel this gratitude. I mean, when you think about um, in the New Covenant, it says that we he loved us first yeah. and then we loved him. Yeah. Because it said, while well, he loved us. We were still his enemies. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And so you, you, all of this kind of balances together. So we will look a little bit more at love, uh, in the next program because it, there's a lot more to it than just this. We've just scratched the surface a little bit.
0: <laughs> scratch the scratch, I think. <laughs> this is Foundations. We will explore love as a part of Shema next time.